Father God, we welcome your presence and we do declare that you are our fortress. You're our refuge. You're our hiding place. You are our stronghold of protection, of provision, of, of blessing. And we come into you now. We come under the word of God and we pray your anointing on us as we hear the word of God in Jesus name. Amen. Well, it's my privilege to serve here at Lilburn Alliance Church with uh, many wonderful pastors. I'm just one of a, a wonderful team, and we're going to hear from several. In fact, it was eight weeks ago that we had five words from the Lord on the beginning of the response to COVID-19. Now, this morning, it's my burden to bring to us those same five words, because clearly these were clarion calls from the Lord for each one of us. And I want to make sure that we leave this lockdown, that we leave the response to this virus stronger than we came into it. So these five words are intended to strengthen us and to give us handles that we can carry the deposit of God into our lives out of the isolation as things continue to loosen up and by the grace of God move in the right direction. The first word is praise. And it comes to us from Psalm 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continuously be in my mouth. Did you realize that we are commanded by God in the word of God more frequently than anything else we are commanded to praise the Lord? This is an absolutely incredible reality. It's really 10 to 1. You can take any other command, love one another, um, give uh, to the uh, to the saints, um, forgive one another. You can take any other command and multiply it by 10 and you still won't reach the number of times we are commanded to praise the Lord. Now, the interesting fact is, is that there are over 50 different Hebrew words all translated into the single English word, praise the Lord. And in Psalm 34, verse 1, there are two. I will bless the Lord at all times. The word bless is the Hebrew word barak. It means blessing, but in this sense, a verb to bless. I will bless the Lord. Now, the fascinating thing about the Hebrew word barak is that it comes from the Hebrew word barak, which is a noun that means knee. And what it's a picture of is God's blessing on us brings us to our knees. We are so grateful for all of God's blessings that, that we now respond by giving blessing to the Lord. And brothers and sisters, I exhort us today to count our blessings, to never stop counting our blessings, to realize that God is one big blessing waiting to happen. And every day he pours out his blessings, blessings, blessings on top of us. And it should thereby move us to our knees 
in response to his blessing and we should respond to him by blessing him back. This is why it is an absolute insult to God to grumble and complain. Brothers and sisters, no matter what we face uh, through this, this virus response, God is greater than, than all the, the harm and the hurt and the loss. We have so many blessings to count. Now the other word, and His praise will continuously be in my mouth. The word praise there is the word tihalah in Hebrew, and it means to sing a joyful song to the Lord. So I will bless the Lord, barak the Lord, at all times, no matter what happens, in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of issues that I'm personally facing, I will bless the Lord and His tihalah, His joyful songs of praise will continuously be in my mouth. Now, if during these eight weeks, if it goes on another four weeks, six weeks, whatever we face in the weeks to come, if you have adopted a negative attitude, if you've been caught grumbling and complaining, my brother, I exhort you. My sister, I exhort you. Take hold of Psalm 34, verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continuously be in my mouth. God is worthy of praise, and it's His praise. We often sing that song, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise belongs to God. And we don't have the option of giving it back to Him. He wants it. He deserves it. He demands it. And the greatest blessing He's given to you and me is the grace to know the blessing and praise of God and to give it back to Him. The first word is praise. The second word for us today is rest. Rest. Rest has been a challenge for many of us through this season. For some of you, you've been working harder than ever in this season. Your hours are demanding. Perhaps you're a nurse or in the medical field and you're working more now than ever. Perhaps you're a stay-at-home parent and you've got children that are all of a sudden in your house all the time and you feel like you are working harder than ever. Rest has been a challenge. For some of you, you may be forced to rest more than you ever have before. Perhaps you've been uh, cut off from your job. You're used to working every day and now all of a sudden you're forced to rest. Rest is something that we can receive from God. God wants us to rest. And it is a good word for us in this season. We looked at it at the beginning of this time, Psalm 46 verse 10. I've heard it quoted so many times in this season. Be still and know that I am God. Well, today I want to point you to another great rest passage. It's Psalm 
127, verse 2. I want to start in verse 1, Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stay awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go to go late to rest. That word is Sabbath. Eating the bread of anxious toil. And then it says these words, for he gives to his beloved sleep. He gives to his beloved sleep. The New Living Translation translated this way, he gives rest to his beloved ones. He gives rest to those whom he loves. God gives rest to those whom he loves. God gives rest. God gives rest. He models rest. God modeled rest to us at the very beginning in Genesis 1 when he's creating all these things after he's created it all. He modeled rest and Sabbath. And then Jesus, when he came about, he even modeled rest in the midst of this storm going around. All his disciples are worried. Where is Jesus? And what is Jesus doing? He's sleeping. He's resting. God models rest. God commands rest. In Exodus, he commanded the Israelites the, the commandment to honor the Sabbath, to honor rest. And God not only models rest, he not only commands rest, but he gives rest. And I really want to impart this to you today. Receive God's rest. God gives rest. God gives good sleep to those whom he loves. In times of anxiety, in times of unknown, one of the first things that's challenged is your sleep. It's hard to sleep when you're anxious. It's hard to sleep when you're angry. It's hard to sleep when you're unsettled. God wants to give you good sleep. God wants to give you rest to his beloved. God loves you. To those whom are loved, they will receive sleep. You know, when my children are having trouble sleeping, the first thing that I will pray over them is God's love. And I will, I will claim this promise. This is a promise. Psalm 127 verse 2. God gives rest to those whom he loves. God loves you and he wants to give you rest. Receive the rest that God models, that God commands, and that God wants to give you afresh today. The third word is unshakable. The great shaking yet to come. Yet once more, Hebrews 12, 26 says, many prophecies concerning final great earthquakes. Revelation speaks of mountains and islands being moved in heaven, departing as a scroll. Isaiah says, talks of the earth reeling to and fro like a drunkard and being moved. Scientists talking about the great uh, San Andreas fault, 
I used to live in California, know of that talk. Physicists talking of polar axis flip. Many times God begins to shake our personal little worlds. We begin to take things for granted. We grow careless in the important things. We begin to spend our money on all kinds of things, things that satisfies us. Who's doing the shaking? The Lord says, I will shake. God's hand is behind the shaking. God's method is often that of tearing down before he builds again. To Jeremiah, he said, root out, pull down, destroy, to throw down, to build, to plant. Many times uh, we have built on wrong foundations. When you build on wrong foundations, that's dangerous living. Does it seem that God is shaking your life today? All you were seeking to build, everything you seek to build is crumbling around you. On what type of foundations are you seeking to build? Is it materialistic? Is it selfish? What's the purpose of the shaking? I think the removing of those things that are, are shaken. God desires to teach us true values. Our sense of values so often are twisted. We, we, we do all kinds of things that allow for us uh, not to be uh, on the ground of God's permanence. God shakes our world to show us the true and real values. They are deeper than the material. We look not on the things which are seen, but the things which are not. That we can be called the unshakables. God desires to build his eternal kingdom on this earth based on righteousness and love. Necessary to shake down the government Man has built based on power and greed. We see governments being shaken today. We see a shaky economy. Our educational system is being shaken. God is preparing to remove the effect. Now abide these. Faith, hope, love. What man or woman will still be standing when all else has fallen? the man or the woman of faith. The purpose of God's shaking is never utter destruction, but permanent building in the kingdom. He wants to establish his kingdom that can never be moved. I bless you today. You allow for God the Holy Spirit to build you as an unshakable. fourth word that I bring to you today is hope. Every day I look here on my wrist and I have this small metal bracelet and on it it says there is hope because I need the reminder every day that there is hope and so I want to remind all of us today that there is hope. Two months ago I led us in declaring these words together as a church family. And we, we declare these things corporately. I cast off every spirit of fear and hopelessness in the name and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. I declare that I'm a child of the King, 
who is choosing to put my trust in the God of hope. Amen. These are words and truths that have carried me, that have carried us throughout this pandemic, throughout this quarantine. And they've carried me and they've carried us through times of anxiety, times of fear, loneliness, hopelessness. Many of us have struggled with these things and, and, and many others. And I want to remind us today that our God is the God of hope. When circumstances around us change, when things don't go as expected, he doesn't change. He's always been the God of hope. He is the God of hope, and he will always be the God of hope. And we can embrace hope for today. We can embrace hope for the future because we know the God of hope. We know the God of hope. So let me just describe for us today who our God is, who our God of hope is. He says over us that his promise is that he'll never leave us or forsake us. He's for us, not against us. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And I'm going to open us up to God's word in Isaiah chapter 41. And at the top of my Bible, it says these words, the helper of Israel. He, my friends, is our helper. So let's receive these words from our good, good father today. And I'd ask that even right now that you would open your hands, that you would close your eyes, and that you would hear these words because they're coming straight from the mouth of your father. I took you from the ends of the earth, from its farthest corners I called you. I said, you are my servant. I have chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Do not be without hope. For I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Amen. God is telling us not to live in fear, not to live in hopelessness, to grab hold of him. And just a little further down, he reiterates again, do not fear. I am with you. I am your help. And he is so much greater than us. We are small, we are weak, but he is strong. I think of that, that line in, in the children's song, Jesus Loves Me. You know, I am weak, but he is strong. I know that more than ever, right now, I am in touch with my weakness, with my frailty. At times I've been restless, I've been working in overdrive without knowing how to shut off. I've had trouble falling asleep at night. My routines are all out of whack. I feel like I have to be on all the time as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, and so on. Even as a dishwasher, it's constantly on. Uh, these are usually separate times of focus throughout my day and throughout my week. But it seems like they're coming together all the time and at the same time. So, friends, I am clinging to these words today. I need the God of hope to be my help. It's the only way for me to move forward. It's the only way for us to move forward. So I trust you'll join me in this journey to pursue the God of hope, no matter what comes our way in the weeks and the months ahead. And I want to also encourage us today that our God of hope is our provider. 
If we go a little further down in Isaiah 41, verse 17, it says these words, The poor and needy search for water, but there is none. Their tongues are parched with thirst, but I, the Lord, will answer them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. And a little further down, so that people may see and know, may consider and understand that the hand of the Lord has done this. This is a declaration that our God is making himself, written thousands of years ago, but he's speaking it over us today. He's telling us that he is the God of the impossible. He is the God of miracles. Nothing is too difficult for him. He will provide. I think of the words of that great hymn, Great is thy faithfulness. And it declares, all I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. He is a faithful God. He's always been faithful, and he always will be faithful. So for this reason, I reaffirm to you today this word, hope. Grab hold of hope because of who your God is. Do not fear do not be anxious, do not be hopeless, or let hopelessness and despair overtake you. So I speak this word of blessing that I brought to you eight weeks ago from Romans 15, 13, and I speak this blessing over you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Amen. I love these guys. It's fun to team up together like this today and bless you, our church family. The fifth word is love. Love. In the text of Scripture, there are hundreds we could have chosen, but today from the last speech Jesus gave before his crucifixion, um, and it's contained in John chapter 15, verse 12, this is my commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. Love. This pandemic has led me to fall in love with my church family like never before. It's become such a fluid season, full of challenges, but rising up within me from the outset has been this geyser, this volcano, of love, a fierce love, to look out for my church family. Uh, God put in my heart early on with this that none shall perish. And by the grace of God, thus far in our church family, none have passed because of this virus. Now, uh, this may still take place. We don't know. But God has answered so many prayers. I just have to give him praise today for answering specific prayers on behalf of many who had the virus but lived through it and weren't guaranteed that they would when they went into it. Uh, things got bad. One of our members had the over 101 temperature for three weeks straight. I've never heard of such a thing. It could have gone sideways, but by the grace of God, he intervened. We would love God even if he didn't. I want to just say that. God did not need to heal uh, our friend, our church member, but he did. And we give him praise. But through it all, God has welled up, not just within me, 
within each of our pastors, our, our church leaders, our children's workers, our youth coaches, our all of our life group leaders, this overwhelming love for the flock, for the believers. There is a fresh love among us uh, beyond anything that I've ever seen. And that is one handle I want to pick up and take with us as we move into the future. We want to continue when this pandemic passes to love each other beyond anything uh, that we have in the past. We praise God for each other. We've missed each other. We've missed being able to assemble. Uh, thank God that we're now able to do the drive-in services and thank God for technology that even when we're in quarantine, we can still connect uh, through so many wonderful ways. But here when Jesus came down the stretch, when he was within 12 hours of his own death, Jesus said to his disciples, this is my command, love each other, love each other. Earlier in John 13, it captures his words by this, will all men know that you are my disciples, that you love one another. And the standard, Jesus said, is love each other, as I have loved you. Hallelujah. That Jesus laid down his life for us. Greater love has no man than this, that we lay down our lives for each other. And may God infuse that kind of love into our spirit. That's not a wimpy discipleship. That is the ultimate. It's the mark of authenticity is our love for one another. Now, a few verses earlier, that's John 15, verse 12. But in verse 9, it says this, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Now just think about this. This is like a cascading waterfall. As the Father has loved me, that's Jesus, so have I loved you, that's us, his disciples. And then he said, now remain in my love. Soak in my love. Don't let anything disrupt the flow of my love into your lives, just as nothing interrupted the flow of the Father's love into Jesus. So nothing should interrupt the flow of Jesus' love into us. And on that basis... Jesus then said to those remaining in his love, this is my command, love each other. Love each other. No, when we soak in the love of the Father for us, the, the thorns and thistles of curses and word curses and judgments and, and evil thoughts, self-condemning thoughts, they all kind of, disappear into the bath water of the Epsom salts of God's love. Hallelujah. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, Jesus said. Now you remain in my love. And for those who soak in the love of Jesus, now you, soaking in the love of Jesus, love one another. Hallelujah. I take with me love, love for you, my church family, 
love for my nuclear family, a whole new level of appreciation for what God has entrusted us with here at Lilburn Alliance Church. This is not a social experiment. We are a testament of those experiencing the love of God and motivated to share his love with, with all people, the marginalized, the overlooked, the, those that have been treated with racial injustice, to fight for the oppressed and the poor and the downtrodden and the forgotten. That is who we are and that is our calling. No, five words, and let me just summarize them right now. Five words. We come into this with praise and we leave with praise. While we're praising, we rest in the assurance of the sovereignty of God. As those who are resting, we are the unshakables. People should be able to look at us and say, what's gotten into you? You're the only one that isn't scared to death. Well, I serve an unshakable God and his is an unshakable kingdom and I'm one of his unshakables. And then hope. I want to tell us something. In my lifetime, I expect to face much harder things in my lifetime than this COVID-19. If you're younger, I can almost guarantee you, this is, this is kindergarten training for making it through hard times. There are harder times coming, I'm just telling you. You all know I live in hope, and my hope is in Christ. It is not in this world system. And I'm telling you, this is just, this is boot camp. If we can't keep up now, if we can't survive this now with hope, this we are being trained to be hopeful in otherwise hopeless circumstances. So I exhort us, praise, rest, take hold of the unshakable kingdom, hope, and on top of it all, love, 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 love those entrusted to us, love and steward every relationship. Don't allow anything to disrupt the flow of the love of Christ. Hallelujah. Now it's time for activation. We want to step in right now and respond. And would you pray with me? Father God, we declare your praise. We declare your rest. We un declare your unshakable kingdom. We declare that you are our hope. We declare your love over us, under us, around us, through us. And we enter in today. We say yes to praise. We will praise the Lord. We say yes to rest. We will rest in the Lord. We say yes to your unshakable nature, your unshakable kingdom, and the fact that we are unshakable. We say yes to hope. And we say yes to the love of God in Jesus Christ. And we will not hold back. We will love lavishly. We will hope with utmost confidence. We are the unshakables. We are those who can sleep at night enjoying the rest of God. And we are among those that you've called and redeemed to be to live to the praise of your honor and your glory. Hallelujah. Lord, we lose praise. We lose rest. We lose your unshakable nature. We lose hope. We lose love. 
We bind hate and injustice. We bind hopelessness and fear. We bind intimidation and insecurity. We bind agitation and tormenting spirits. And we bind grumbling and complaining. And we welcome the Holy Spirit of God who leads us in praise, who imparts rest, who gives us the unshakable spirit and confidence. We receive the baptism of hope and the baptism in the love of God. In Jesus' name, amen.